his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. This hour of the Mark Reardon Show is sponsored by Gamma Tree Experts. Your trees deserve the best care. Call Gamma Tree Experts. Look, I think the best phrase is simple. It ain't working. The Mark Reardon Show. All of this woke world that we're living in right now is not working. Why are you guys bullying me? Mark Reardon. Say, presidents can't do much. I'm done. Do what you want. Pull the plug. This is the Mark Reardon Show. Oh, testing. One, two, three, testing. Hey! Hey, we're back here after a couple of unplanned days off. And, and let me just say this. I'm, I'm not ashamed to say they were glorious sick days. Oh, they really were. Because you felt fine. Yeah, because I really wasn't that sick. So I just to recap quickly, because I have a couple of stories from the weekend. But first and foremost, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Um, we have a lot to get to. I'm going to get to the CBS virtue signaling over the weekend, which is ridiculous. Michael Goodwin from the New York Post is going to uh, join us. Kusamano on sports. By the way, the U.S., I have no idea what this means. I think it means not necessarily the best things, but the U.S. tied Wales 1-1 in the World Cup. Yeah. So they didn't win. I'm going to look that up just okay. to see what that means, you so know. So Wednesday I left the show and I had a dinner to go to. And you remember the Eagles were the night before this becomes somewhat relevant. And, and you I, were out late. Well, I was really late and I was tired. So I get to this dinner down by SLU with my wife and I, I, I told her, and she was sick already. I said, look, I said, I don't know if I'm getting sick, but I said, I've got, you know, I was coughing a little bit. So I went home. I was tired. I sleep. I wake up Thursday morning. I really, I'm just being honest. I didn't feel terrible. I was very tired, but I just didn't have a voice. And then by Thursday night, it was even worse. And Friday morning, I think it was a little bit better. Um, you always get to that point on sick days where, you know, by Friday afternoon, I'm looking at the uh, my watch and I got to tell you what I did because I was very productive. I'm like, could I push through this afternoon? But whenever I started to talk to someone on the phone or if I was having a conversation, the voice was was squeaking and I, I, I don't regret the days, especially because I'm telling you, I got a lot done now. Thursday, I just watched movies and TV, Sue. I wasn't well, curled. that's what you're supposed to do. Well, kind of. But when I had the COVID earlier this year, I couldn't even do that. I was like, I was so sick. I just didn't want to do anything. So here's what I did because I thought I have to do something productive. I took the time on Friday and I cleaned out my um, my master bedroom closet. Uh-oh, wait. Inappropriate. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. Yeah, that that's that new system that we have. My primary bedroom. Thank you. I can't, you can't say that anymore. You can't say, right. Okay, so I apologize. But I did the whole um, switcheroo 
with the spring clothes and the fall clothes. Oh, that's huge. And I did all the dusting of the, you know, the shelves where the shoe, all this you stuff. You dusted this the actually, shelves. This actually took me, I wish I was making this up. This process probably took me like five hours on Friday. But I was into it. Didn't have the voice. That's great. Just thought I'm going to do something. And then here's the other thing we did yesterday. This is, ne- no, this was Saturday, I think. Never happened before in Reardon family history. We unpacked Christmas. What? Yeah. Like, we're, we're leaving out of town, not here for Thanksgiving, going to um, my second home, Las Vegas, You have Nevada. trees up in the whole nine yards? Well, let me kind of walk you through that. So we, we decided we're having some, we're doing this, I guess we're calling it Friendsgiving. You're we're, having, we're having a Friendsgiving. Yeah, on Saturday when we get back, right? So we're doing Thanksgiving in Vegas, and then we're going to have people over, and my son's going to be in town, at least one of them, on Saturday. So we're, we're looking at the logistics of this. I do love Christmas time. I like yeah. Christmas decorations. So I got up early on a Saturday morning, having, you know, freshly come off the the master bed. Oh, God, I'm so sorry about that. I don't even know. Did it again. Inappropriate. But I took all the bins out, the boxes, and we, we got it done between Saturday and Sunday. That's pretty Everything exciting. Is pretty, now, not the real Christmas tree. I, I have two fake Christmas trees. Man, I and I forget how hardcore you are. Yeah, I do like a yeah. lot of the decorations. And then we'll do a real one, but we'll get that maybe next Saturday. Yeah, you don't want it to be totally dead. Right. Uh, I did put the Christmas collars on the dogs. That's as far as I got. So the other thing that I have to confess to here, um, and i got to be careful about this, okay? And I want to apologize profusely in advance of what I'm about to tell you. I'm embarrassed by it. I've never done it before in my entire life. I don't even really know myself anymore, Sue. I turned the Christmas lights on outside the house last oh night. Last night I did. Oh, my gosh. After years of preaching, and some of you know this, you can't flip those things on before Thanksgiving, right? Uh, yeah. And I did it the Sunday. My wife and daughter were, were gone yesterday afternoon. I took another. Boy, I've had a couple of really good naps in the past few days, I which has been great. I can't even stand to hear about and it. And I'm like, you know what? I'm in that Christmas spirit. The house is decorated right now. And and here's the thing, even though I apologize for it profusely, and I really, I'm sorry. I'm, I don't know Does if I'm Does anybody more... else in your neighborhood have them on? Yes. Ah, See, there was peer pressure. That's, that's what That's the is. thing. Some people put it up even like last, Group thing. I think. So I'm driving, and our, our block is really awesome when it comes to Christmas, because for the most part, I'd say 90% of the homes are lit up, like lights on the house. Now, I did the lights on the house. I haven't done the the trees and the bushes yet. I will do that in due time. But you know what? I kind of feel good about it from this standpoint. I love the holidays. I think we all need this. I'd like to get away from all the nastiness here for the next four weeks if we possibly can. I get it. So I don't regret my decision. Question. Did you actually put up the lights? I thought a company did. Company put up the lights Thank on the you. house. Yes, okay. but I do the... But you'll go to the bushes and put on the, the low the stuff. The That's low-hanging fair. fruit is what I take care of. That's fair. Yes. And I and I kind of do different things every year. Although, the lighting lighting is expensive. Like, all this stuff is expensive. That's the other reason I think I flipped the lights on yesterday is I thought... I'm doing the math on how much I'm paying these guys, you know, Santa's elves to put these lights up. Good point. Right? Like, get your as, money's worth. Might as well get a little bang for my buck. So that that's how I spent my weekend, and I have a lot more energy as we get started here for this week. And like I mentioned, we have a bunch to cover. Now, one of the things that happened, and I'm going to spend a little bit of time on this later in the show, um, certainly, is the whole situation with Marquette High School and what happened. I'm in the Rockwood School District. My daughter is in an elementary school. So when these things happen, you get all the communication from the district. And Sue, I don't know, did you talk about this on Thursday and Friday with what happened no. at Marquette? 
So Marquette is um, out in the Clarkson Valley in, in West St. Louis County, and they don't have school today or tomorrow. Oh, wow. Because of the threats that were called in last week. And, and some of this was airdrops. So the story in our local paper said, and this is, here's the other thing that drives me crazy. Now I get, because I'm a parent and I'm horrified by these things too, you know, the notion of school shootings or, you know, bombings or anything like that. But don't they have the infrastructure on, what's the date today? November 21st, 2022. Weren't we doing, a couple years ago, everyone was at, all these high school kids were at home. They were doing Zoom classes. Can't we do Zoom classes? No. You know why? Because it's too emotionally hard on the kids. Oh, I didn't realize no, that. That's, I think, part of the reason here. Because they say counselors will be on hand Monday and Tuesday for those who need emotional assistance in person or online. Now, I don't want to poo-poo this too much because I do think that psychologically this is a tough thing. And parents freak out. Kids freak out. You see what happened, obviously, in the city with our school shooting from you know a month, a month and a half ago. And it's just ridiculous that you even have to go through these things and that the kids and even my daughter's age have to go through the intruder drills or things like that. So what happened was Thursday, and this is, I remember getting the, um, you know, the thing that came through on the text and I was a little confused, that Marquette High School closed because there was a student that said a photo was sent to their phone that showed an avatar on social media indicating someone was going to bomb the school at 1.30 today. And somebody sent me a screen capture of this. You, you have something similar on your Samsung Sue where you can airdrop something or not? Or is that just an Apple thing? No, we can share. Okay. But you can share. Uh, yeah, I, I guess it's maybe the same the same thing. It's right? the same concept. Right. We just don't call it so airdrop. The, somebody captured the, uh, the airdrop for me. It says, I'm so tired of being this outcast. Nobody knows how I feel inside. The counselors don't listen. My parents don't listen. My friends think... Uh, I'm happy. I want everyone to know how I blanking feel. 12 o'clock, MHS, or I'm sorry, yeah, MHS, Marquette High School. Be ready. The bomb threat wasn't a joke, but I'm not here with a blanking bomb. Is something I can aim with while you run in fear. Third floor, you're my first stop. So that was the one. I'm sorry. Let me back up a little bit. That was the one sent that was on Friday. So they closed the school down on Thursday. And then on Friday, the students say that they were sent an image. And that's what I have here is the screen capture of that image that says that the, the threat wasn't a joke and that the attacker was at the school with something I can aim with while you run in fear. Now, Here's what's interesting about this. They say they've identified the student who made the threat, and they're working with police. I find that interesting because did the kid confess? We're going to have— um, Well, I would imagine they could find out the phone number, couldn't they? No. that's here, Here's the thing about this airdropping. It's it's my understanding that that's pretty tricky. So oh, George, interesting. George Rosenthal from— uh, throttle that's going to come on in the five o'clock hour because that's one of the questions that I have. Remember, this has happened even recently on a flight. Remember the Southwest flight from a couple of months ago where somebody had airdropped nude pictures mm-hmm. to other passengers? Oh, yeah. And my question was always I, I was even asking my friend John about this today, like, can't you see who the you know, who the yeah. picture is from. But you can rename your phone. It can say oh. this is from. Now, if you go deep into but, the logs yes. and stuff like that, I think George is going to tell us that there's a way to okay. track this. But I'm I sure don't think that's how... what they did at Marquette. Uh, so here's the question, though, Sue, because the um, who is this that issued the statement? They, they wrote something here. I think it was the principal at at Marquette that said, following the break, because they're going to go back next Monday, now they have the whole week off, we will need to return and heal in person 
as a building with our students. We will work with the Chesterfield Police to ensure our building is safe and secure if there's no resolution to the investigation by that time. Can I ask a question here? When's the last time that a bomb threat to anywhere was, was real, that there was a bomb that was found? Well, so it was the last time, and I think this does happen, that somebody actually sent a text out or an airdrop or something like that, threatened to shoot up a school, and then that happened. Because usually this is the element of surprise. Now, I am sensitive to the fact that the school district's in a tough position. I'm sensitive to the fact that the parents are freaking out. I have a kid that is seven and a half years old. It's my worst fear, probably. I, I'll tell you this, just in thinking about all these things, I heard a bunch of sirens by my house today. I mean, it was going nuts. My dog was howling and reacting. And one of the first things I thought of just briefly was like, oh, my God, school shooting. I don't know why, but you think about it and you're reading stories like this. But what's going to prevent this from happening on Monday again or Tuesday well, or Wednesday? Just, uh, yeah. So at a certain point, when is the healing going to turn into the we got to stop? caving to all this stuff because the threats are working and these kids just want to stay out of school. That's basically what's going on here. Now, if the kid's been identified, I think they should prosecute him, right? I don't know. I need to know more. I guess, did he airdrop it to the entire school? I don't think it was the entire school. Did he just send it to some and therefore, why are they all needing counseling just because of that? Well, I think that they're all because needing, of the airdrop. They're all needing counseling because the parents are freaking out. Oh, uh, right? okay. Because the parents are worried, and I, I understand this. I get it. But here's a basic question for you, okay? Now, I'm going to be more and more challenged with this as, as I move on as a parent with my, my little one, but why in the hell? Do high school kids, junior high kids, need to have phones in school? I think that's a rhetorical well, question. I think, though, the part of it is the fear that if something does happen, how's your kid going to let you know? That's what the parents are going to say, right? Yep. Parents are going to say that. Yeah. Well, they don't need the phones, okay? I'll tell you how you're going to know because the school district is going to text you as a parent. If something happens in your school, that's the first thing that they do, and they, they make you aware, and then you freak out, right? So I, I don't know— in. It's not going to happen. I'm not suggesting that they ban phones at school because we know it's not going to happen. It's not a realistic approach. But this is how these things get around and they spread. And all the kids, you know, you, you talk about the freakout factor, why counseling is needed. It's because this is not kept in a small group or in a situation where we can kind of keep it private. We have to investigate. We have to look into the threats, take it seriously. But it's not that anymore. It's a threat came in. We're closing down the school. Then Friday, another threat came in. We're closing down the school. And then over the weekend, well, we had a couple of threats. We actually know the kid who did it. That's what they say. We've got the kid who did it, but that doesn't matter. We're going to let the kids at Marquette heal on Monday. And t- you think those kids are healing right now? No. No. They're probably smoking weed and drinking beer while their parents are at work. They're not healing. So who's doing the healing? <laughs> well, I, you know. And it's just from a threat, right? Nothing actually happened. So we get days off for threats yes. now? That is a bad precedent. It is. That is a bad, bad precedent. Now, again, we got a new superintendent in Rockwood, Dr. Kane, who came from Wetsville. Hopefully he's not as pitifully horrible as the last guy, Dr. Rickers, who was awful. Asked people to call the FBI on parents who were concerned about kids being indoctrinated. I don't have any indication that Dr. Kane is going to go down that route. We'll have to see. But he's in a tough position. The principal's in a tough position. I understand that because you're going to have parents that are going to say, wait a second, my kids are in jeopardy. 
But at what point does it stop? I, I just don't know what the answer is here because the threats are going to keep coming. And these kids are probably better at the tech than, you know, certainly any adults. We'll find out from George, though, a little bit later, George Rosenthal from ThrottleNet, how some of the airdropping stuff works. But maybe even some phone calls on that because I don't know what the answers are. Maybe the parents will chime in. We'll get to that in the 5 o'clock hour. We're off and running here for a Monday edition of the Mark Reardon Show on St. Louis's home for conservative talk. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Before I welcome my next guest into the uh, phrase, sometimes I assume that people know things, you know, about appropriateness and inappropriateness, Sue. And when I mentioned that I was cleaning out the uh, the closet in the master bedroom. Inappropriate. Yeah. It, my friend Kevin texted me and said, um, what is inappropriate about <clears throat> that word there? You can't say that anymore. I mean, I, if, if those of you don't know that, please take cover. It is the primary bedroom. I watch these mainly because I'm forced to watch them by my wife, although I kind of like some of the HGTV shows, you know, the Come home on. improvement shows. That, some of the, them are great. Love it or listed. I like love it or love listed. It or listed it's right? a good one. Those two, that, the woman and the guy, I like that kind of sassy, yeah, good personalities. Um, they call them the primary bedroom on all the shows now. Do they really? Oh, yeah. Let me tell you, in the real estate world, we still say master Oh, you, oh yeah. So it's like, in the... I am uh, not... Uh, I'm not comfortable. It's in all the forms. And just, uh, so hopefully uh, maybe that'll die uh, down. Well, we'll see. But I, you know, I don't want to do the wrong thing because I get canceled. I'm a talk show host. We'll see what happens. Uh, Michael Goodwin's coming up in the next hour. We got Kusumano on sports. The World Cup is underway. The Blues, what? Seven. They are on a serious winning win seven streak. Seven in a row tonight. They're home, and then the the Cardinals uh, working on their roster. We got a bunch of stuff there. Hans Bader is with me. He's an attorney in Washington D.C. Uh, this is something that I kind of did a little homework on over the weekend. I started seeing this um, piece in the Wall Street Journal about reparations to the third world over climate change. Hans Bader wrote about this in Liberty Unyielding. Hans, how are you? Welcome to 97.1 FM Talk, and I apologize for my inappropriate language talking about my bedroom moments ago as well. Well, thank you for having me. <laughs> Tell me about these reparations, because we're literally going to pay uh, uh, how much? A uh, hundred million or a billion dollars, right, to third world nations to, to cover the costs of what? 
Well, it covers the cost of climate change harming their other countries. Uh, but really, this is just the thin edge of the wedge because the third world wants trillions of dollars, not just one billion. This one billion is very much peanuts. And in fact, it may not actually get paid because it's unclear whether the funds that Congress has appropriated would cover this because this is a loss and damage fund, whereas Congress appropriated money to tackle climate change that has somewhat different parameters. So whether Biden's going to manage to even pay this billion is unclear. The whole point of Biden agreeing to pay reparations to the third world is to set a precedent. So the next time we have a strongly Democratic Congress, they can potentially appropriate a much larger amount of money to pay to the third world. And also this will be relied upon as a precedent by lawyers in the third world and third world countries to argue that we owe additional money, that we've established the principle that we're responsible. And they'll argue that under customary international law, we are responsible for paying out, you know, hundreds of billions of dollars to remedy what they perceive as the harms to their countries from climate change. So because some of us had SUVs and because rich Hollywood types take you know, flights all around the world for for movie promotion and junkets. We are guilty of causing the planet to warm. So in order to fix the problem, we have to take money from our taxpayers here in this country and give it to poor countries to do what? Well, that's the other problem. This is unconditional payments. You know, there's foreign aid where you tie the foreign aid to them doing something good, like, you know, free market reforms or rule of law. This doesn't do that. These payments are unconditional. So it can just go into some government official's bank account. You know, they, can, they, can, they can take the money once we give it to them and put it into their Swiss bank account, which is what uh, government officials often did in the past when the U.S. gave aid money to their country without tying strings to it. Like Mobutu, the ruler of the Congo, you know, the second largest country in Africa, he pocketed billions and billions of dollars that the United States gave him even as he confiscated foreign companies and basically bankrupted his country and ran it into the ground. And he ended up using the money to fly in the Concorde to shop luxury shopping in Paris and put the money into Swiss bank accounts. So this is not money like your Millennium Challenge or anything like that, where you're tying the foreign aid to worthwhile reforms that will create a better life for the people of these third world countries. This is something that can basically be milked by the ruling elites or their dictators. Well, look, I I would be opposed to it in in either circumstance, but it it seems utterly ridiculous that this would not be in at least somewhat conditional. Right, and this just encourages more bad behavior, and but and even this, but even this billion, even assuming Biden manages to pay out this billion, which is dubious given the way Congress has written the billion dollar fund that they might try and tap it. This is just the thin edge of the wedge. I mean, nobody would be satisfied in the third world by this billion-dollar payment. I mean, they want hundreds of billions of dollars. I mean, some of the wilder figures, they want trillions to mitigate what they, they blame. Basically, everything bad that happens in their country environmentally, like you know, soil erosion on climate change, when it has nothing to do with it. Yeah, like, well, that know, doesn't you, surprise me. But Hans, did some of this, because you have, I know in the, the journal editorial about this, um, John Kerry has said that, we're not going to have anything like this. He rolls over because Europe proposes this deal, right? So this this came from, from the European Union to a certain extent? Yeah, and of course, the European Union, you know, they often manage to avoid following through on their commitments. You know, like in Ukraine, we're basically paying the vast, vast lion's share of the, the aid money and the support. 
Um, there's always collective problems, collective action problems in the EU. So they're not, they're not going to ultimately pay out that much. You do have cases where courts in the EU rely on principles of customary international law to try and restrict greenhouse gas emissions in places like the Netherlands. But you don't actually have them. The European courts are not actually that crazy about redistributing money. Uh, ironically, European courts are less willing to award punitive damages and play, you know, jackpot, you know, litigation lottery than American courts are. So, what ultimately comes of this with Europe, you know, in the future, I, I, I can't tell you. You know, I, this is a rhetorical question, but uh, if if you go to these third world countries, uh, sub-Saharan Africa, you know, wherever you want to go, and, and ask them this question: Would you like a, a bunch of money, billions, hundreds of millions of dollars, to deal with future challenges from climate change, or would you like fossil fuel to provide you with energy? I don't know, like heating and air conditioning and clean water and things along those lines. I think they take the latter. Well, they certainly like to avoid. Things, you know, their primitive reliance on wood and, you know, smoky, you know, countless hundreds of thousands of people die in the third world from not having access to fossil fuels and having, you know, living in smoky dwellings where you're using wood. That's right. And, other, and dung or even dung as sources of fuel, which is very dirty. So that would it, it, fossil fuels could greatly in, in, enhance their lifespans. They could live literally years longer. So they're not going to give it up easily. And of course, the money that is paid out by the U.S. can easily go to their government elites and never into their own pockets. And for many of these countries, you know, some countries have suffered badly from climate change, like Syria probably did, but others like Niger and Central Africa, it probably has more vegetation because of changing climate patterns. It has probably benefited from climate change. So there are a lot of countries that have actually benefited from climate change, though they've never admitted. So it's ironic that we're expected to somehow pay for the countries that have been losers in climate change, whereas other countries that have been winners in climate change, that have more rainfall, have more tree cover, that we're not going to somehow receive some type of a dividend from them. It's sort of like heads I win, tails you lose. Hans Bader is with me, wrote about this in Liberty Unyielding. I had a guy on my show, it goes back probably um, eight years now, Robert Mueller, who is at Berkeley, guy who didn't believe in in man-made climate change, now does. But the point of his conversation, he wrote a piece in the uh, New York Times called The Truth About Tornadoes, debunking this notion that, you know, there was an increase in tornadoes because of climate change. Just nonsense. Same thing with with hurricanes. But one of the things that he said that always stuck out to me, Hans, is we could literally shut down this country, flip a switch. We can't do it, but let's say that we could flip a switch. No more fossil fuels. Within about a year, year and a half, the um, CO2 emissions would be about the same because of our friends in China and India. So it really wouldn't make any difference. Now, China pretty much gets off the hook on all this stuff, right? Right. China doesn't have to pay anything towards this, even though China is now a middle-income country. It's not poor, but the the fiction is that it's a developing nation. So it doesn't have to contribute anything, even though it pollutes more than the European Union and America combined. And, of course, if we ever had serious climate reparations, really heavy taxes to pay reparations, our businesses would react to those high taxes by relocating to places like China – where they would not only pollute more, but <laughs> yes, they would right, generate yeah. things like you know sulfur dioxide, other toxins into the air because China regulates, uh, you know, air pollution much less than the U.S. does. You know, I think about this story and this topic in terms of the midterm elections and and the swath of people that don't 
and I get people are busy. I've said this before. I'm not criticizing. I understand busy lifestyles. But there are a fair number of people, like the majority of the American people, that aren't aware that this is even happening. It's getting some news coverage. The Wall Street Journal writes about it. we got an audience that's dialed into issues. But most of America has no idea that we are going to pay reparations for climate change to poor nations. And I think if they thought about that in terms of our tax dollars, especially in this climate with, you know, out-of-control inflation and what we're seeing with the stock market, say, hey, wait a second, that doesn't seem like a good idea. Now, you, Hans, you say it's a drop in the bucket because realistically, in the scheme of budgets, a billion dollars is. But boy, we got a billion dollars here, a billion dollars there. There's a lot of needs here in this country that we're not attending to in any way, shape, or form. Well, and once you establish the principle, the third world countries will be back demanding hundreds of billions of dollars in the future. And they'll say, you admitted you're responsible for it, and yes, you only paid a billion of it, but that was just the first installment. So the point of this is to set up an admission by the U.S. Yeah. so that we're on the hook for this in the future. Because, you know, right now, it's, it's unclear whether, the, whether Biden even has the money to pay for it, whether the existing fund fits this yeah. uh, payment. And then in addition, he does, it's going to have a Republican-controlled House in the next session that's not going to appropriate additional money to pay for any more of this. So, well, yeah, if really you're looking at a silver lining, there it is. So he's not going to really be able to pay reparations in the upcoming session. But if you have a future strongly progressive Congress, they could end up paying a lot of money for climate reparations. Absolutely. Hans Bader, I appreciate you coming on here. 97.1 FM Talk in St. Louis talking about a good issue. It's important. People need to hear about it. We'll have you back. Thank you, Hans. Thank you. All right. We're going to go into um, the... Education of why, if you're a white woman in particular, you're one of the biggest problems that this country is facing. I have audio to share with you as well. It's pretty good. I had this on Wednesday of last week before I took my sick days. I've been holding out on you, but it's worth it. Hang in there. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Sometimes you need a change of pace. That includes your finances. Get smart with your budgeting with financial tips straight from the nerds. NerdWallet's trusted experts will set future you up for success by untangling today's web of financial misinformation. Learn about smart investing strategies, tax planning pointers, and travel tips to save on a fun family getaway. Maybe somewhere tropical? Spring ahead for smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. 
When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we are all realizing that the quality of our air, especially our indoor air, is really darn important. In 30 minutes, Puro Air will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at GetPuroAir.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Oh, I have so much to get to this afternoon because I was out on Thursday and Friday. I have some good Paul Pelosi stuff. And those of you who have listened, I'm not a conspiracy theorist on that, but there are so many things that still do not add up on that investigation. And I have some good audio to um, sort of explain that with in a little bit. But I have to share this because there's a movie coming out on the 24th, which I guess is in a couple of days, right? That's later this week on Friday. Now, that's Thanksgiving. See, I don't really know the days of the week. And it's called Deconstructing Karen. There are these two women, and I've shared this with the audience before. I don't know if I've done it for a little while. Regina Jackson and uh, Sarah Rao, who have built a little empire around this thing called Race to Dinner. Right, Race to Dinner is where they sit down with a bunch of guilty white women in, say, Kirkwood or Webster Groves. This is the kind of place where these things happen. And they explain to them that they're about the most evil people on the planet. If you're a white woman, you have privilege and you need to apologize for it. It's not good enough just to treat people with respect. You have to be anti-racist. This is the whole thing with kids being indoctrinated. But these are really awful, awful women. And in any other circumstance, this would be considered racism. But because we're targeting white people and white women, um, it's okay. Now, look, I I know that there are going to be some people out there, probably not most of you in the audience are going to say, oh, you know, there's whitey complaining about all these things. African-Americans have had to deal with discrimination. Try to walk a moment in their shoes. That's not really the point of any of this right now. This is just what's wrong is wrong. It's just like the indoctrination in schools. Now, you have to pay $5,000 to get an exorcism of your whiteness. And the way that the dinners are described is this way, and I have some audio to share with you. The participants are subjected to cult-like discipline to break them down. Jackson calls this technique provoking and a significant emotional event. Women who cry during the re-education are made to sit alone in a different room. So here's a little audio here from Deconstructing Karen. You know what I expect of white women? Not a damn thing. Nothing. I expect nothing of you because you have never given me anything. I can't trust you, okay? I am a liberal white woman. We are absolutely the most dangerous women out there. We are the most dangerous women that exist because we want to think that we are better. White women have abused us our whole lives. Why do we have to hold your hand? Can't we just tell you, hey, you guys have hurt us. This is what you've done. Now make it right. Uh So this goes on and on and on. I have this discussion with people that I know, friends, lawyers, everybody, and they'll say, well, Regina, you know, there are some good white people. And I'll go, well, what have the good white people been doing for the last 450 years? What have you been doing? Obviously, it's not enough because nothing has changed. So we should make it clear that, you know, Sarah Rao here and 
Regina Jackson, that's who you heard. These are the co-founders of this organization. Lisa Bond is somebody else that works with them. She is um, <laughs> a guilty white person who's on board. They've made a lot of money on this. So you get the $5,000 dinner. If you want to just do this like in a one-on-one course, you can do it for $750. And now they have the movie that's coming out uh, that people are going to love. Like the critics are going to love this. I don't even know where it's going to air. I don't really care. I've only seen the trailer for Deconstructing Karen, and they have books and all these other things that are running across the country. Now, this is another one of those things that most people in this country have no idea is taking place. So share, share with them the trailer for this particular movie. So I want a show of hands of everyone at this table who is racist. So I saw a couple people surprised that I raised my hand. When I said that I was racist, I'm racist against black people. So this is Sarah Rao, and I think Sarah might be um, of Indian descent. I'm going to see if we can find Yeah, she's the daughter of Indian immigrants. So she is a woman of color, but she is admitting that, and, and just to be clear, there's only one form of racism that exists anymore. There's no racism against Hispanic, I'm sorry, Latinx people. There's no racism against Asian people. Um, there's no bigotry against, you know, Jewish people, no anti-Semitism. It's all about whitey treating black people and not apologizing enough. So it's it's institutional. Indians are institutionally racist against black people. There you go. I don't see color. I don't see. So how she said, I'm, I'm blinded to color. Like, it doesn't phase me at all. Y'all, when we bleed, we bleed red. I'm just going to drop the bomb here. That's white supremacy. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah, that was a white liberal woman, again, envisioned from Webster Groves or Kirkwood at one of these dinners where they paid a lot of money to be told by Rao and Jackson how bad they are. And then the woman speaks up. She says, well, look, I, I treat you can't do that. No, 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 no. You can't treat people with respect and, and don't treat them differently because they're of color, uh, especially if you're white. Colorblindness is white supremacy. Do not teach your kids to be colorblind. Do not talk about colorblindness. Don't say that, that I don't see the color of your skin and we cut ourselves open. It's bleeding red. If you're going to cry. Okay, here it is. So this woman starts crying now. You can't, you can't do that, right? You can't cry in these particular means. You get sent off to the uh, principal's office. Leave the table and go into the living room there. That's right there. When a white woman starts crying, what happens? All the Everyone attention is yeah, being when I was in Charleston, South Carolina last summer, I get into my lift and the guy turned around and looked at me and he said, lady, he goes, I hate to have to say this to you, but if, if I get pulled over, you're just another black woman and uh, he's black. And he said, put your hands up, do as they say, do not make any trouble. He actually told you that. Yeah, of course. Oh, dear God. Of course. That's the life he lives. That's his reality. Okay, that's his reality every day, uh, of course. Look, I I was taught at a very young age, and I think that most people should be taught, and they're bad cops out there. You put your hand on the steering wheel, right? You're not going to have any trouble. You show your hands. Do you have bad cops? You do. But for the most part, if you're not running away from the cops, if you're not pointing a gun at the cops, you're trying to stab the cops, they're probably not going to do anything to you either. Have we had examples of this over the course of history? We have in this country. There is no doubt. But this is not the 1960s. At these dinners, we see white women behaving badly. And that bad behavior looks like denial of white supremacy, denial of racism, and even denial of slavery. This is nothing new. Why is it that being called a racist makes you so upset? 
It doesn't make me upset anymore. I believe that every white person is racist because of the system. And I had to learn about the system to get that. Yes. Do I love you system. less because you're a different color? Absolutely not. But do you realize that everything you're saying is taking away everything they just said? That is such a... Yeah, so let me let me get, get into this a little bit more. I think there's one bite that I skipped. They have a book coming out. Outside of Deconstructing Karen, there is a book that you can buy your friend in Webster Groves or Kirkwood, White Women... Everything you already know about your own racism and how to do better. Regina Jackson and Sarah Rao, who, by the way, Sarah Rao's Twitter feed has said this in the last um, week. This is just from November 14th and November 15th. On November 14th at 8.56, she tweeted this. The amount of harm white women inflict inside of American classrooms is hard to comprehend. Here's another one from the 15th. White people wake up every day and choose violence. And this is, it's not only not challenged in most circles, it's praised by the left. Colorblindness is white supremacy. Do not teach your kids to be colorblind. Okay, I think I did play that one. Um, it's just, it's unbelievable. And then you have, this kind of ties in here. Let's see, because I saw a bite from uh, Bill Maher. And this is where it comes from. He was talking about the rot on the left and the nonsense and the woke nonsense and this stuff. I mean, I, I think I'm pretty sure Bill Maher has talked about these dinners. He may have even had one of these um, women on the uh, on the show with him. But here's what he said. I really think, look, we we are I think when historians look back at our time, they will not divide us into red and blue and Republican, Democrat. They're like the things that were wrong with us were wrong with both sides in different ways. I do think they manifest in a more dangerous way on the right. But on the left, there is a rot and it comes from academia and I agree. and it filters down. Am I, am I wrong about that? No, you are not. It does come from academia. And then your kids are indoctrinated. And then we have a country that we don't even recognize anymore, unfortunately. Second hour coming up. Get more at 971talk.com. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this... Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.